Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 536, recorded live on Saturday, November 18th, 2017. And here are your hosts, the man who is watching football right now, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man whose football was earlier this week, Andy Lowe. Hi. You guys had a Thursday game? Uh, I think... Eastern had a Thursday game and Western. Oh, it's on my phone, which is in the other room. No, no, wait, like no, sorry. Eastern, um, yeah, Eastern had a Wednesday game. Yeah, both teams had a Wednesday Wednesday game. game. Yep, that's even weirder. Yeah, no, what's really weird is next week Eastern has a game on Tuesday and Western has a game on Friday. So Eastern is going from a Wednesday football game to a Tuesday football game. I'm, I'm just kind of stunned. Like, that doesn't give the team a lot of time to... No, that's... <laughs> a football game on a Tuesday? Like, you know, who thought that one up? The NCAA? Somebody must have. <clears throat> Someone at Eastern, probably. Probably. Was like, well, we need to fit this in. Here's where we can do it. All right, I'm going to turn off this game, though, because watching this is just making me, like, more and more and more aggravated as Michigan sucks more and more. Yeah, it sucks that Eastern Michigan's not going to be bowl eligible now. No, no! Yeah, they lost uh, They lost uh, to Central, which shouldn't have happened, but they threw five interceptions. That is hard to come back from. Yes. So, yeah, they're four and seven right now. Western's six and five, which uh, they have a chance of uh, of going bowl eligible. But, yeah, I know both of them are out of the uh, championship race. Oh, well, we live to see another game. <laughs> Always next year. Mm-hmm. Hi, Andy. Hello, Dave. How was your week? Uh, been pretty wet and cold. In case you I can't woke up hear, to snow I have today. a... I, you, wait, what? I woke up to snow today. There oh. was snow outside. Oh, not wow. much. Not not much, but there was snow outside. Does that mean that there's going to be... <laughs> snow for you? Yeah, that's what I'm looking at the 10-day uh, calendar. Not. Probably not. AM snow still... showers uh, tomorrow morning. Well, there you go. Yeah. Get all your yard work done. Oh, that there's still the the oak tree, which is you know taller than our house, massive oak tree, still yeah. has all its leaves on it. Still, all of its leaves. Well, not all of its leaves, but it still has okay. a majority of the leaves on it. The maple out front, yeah, completely bare. But the oak tree in the back, still leaves. a lot of leaves. Yeah, it's yeah. like I can't. You know, they, they have leaf pickup, and <laughs> there's already been a couple of them already. But it's just like you know, <laughs> I can't like you know to shake the tree. That's not going to work. <laughs> I just imagine you outside, your arms wrapped a third of the way around this giant tree. I can't even get a third of the way. I can only probably get a quarter with my arms. <laughs> like trying to shake it. According, according to the measurements, that tree is at least uh, 200, 200 years old. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge tree. I'm going to be sad if that thing, you know, something happens to that while I'm here. I'm going to be super sad. But then and I'm going to find somebody with a... That, well, while you're there, you're going to be lucky to, like, not have your house destroyed. Yeah, if it goes down, it's hopefully going to go down on the addition and not the whole part of the house. <laughs> or on the garage, either one. If it falls, you know, to the left or to the right, that's fine. Just don't fall forward. Falling forward would be bad. That'd be very bad. Jeez. <laughs> or it could fall back. Fall back is fine. There's nothing back there other than, you know, other people's backyards. Would it only reach their backyards or would it like reach their house? 
Uh, no, because um, the way our, we're, we're set up in the middle, we're on the end of a rectangle. So we're on the short side of the rectangle, and there's three houses on there, so we're on the middle. And then if you think of the long side of the rectangle, those are all just, you know, one on each side. So directly behind our house, all we have is the fence line that separates the two backyards from the people along the long side of the rectangle. Does that make sense? Yes, vaguely. Okay, so rectangle, right? Yeah, I'm okay. with you. There is a, we're, we're thinking one side of the rectangle. So we got, the, we got two long sides that are parallel and we have the one short side that connects the two long sides, right? Yeah. There is a house on each corner, right? Yeah. And the backyards are along the long side. Yes. So the tree we're would fall, in but the, not. We're, there, we're, there are three houses along the short side. There's one in each corner and then we're in the middle of the short side. Okay. Now, when you go down the long sides... There's just two houses. There's one along each of the long sides. Okay. So directly behind us, all it is is just a fence line that separates the, the backyards. Okay. I, I got it. Yeah. I see it. All right. Yes. So yeah. So if the tree fell that way, all we would do is just take out fences. That's no problem at all. You could just sell the wood to those houses to make more fences. Oh shit! No, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a mill guy and be like, dude, you know, get me as much oak planks as you can out of this thing. I'm making furniture. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making a, I'm making a whole dining room set with the amount of wood that would come off of this tree. Probably, probably much more than that, actually. Oh, most likely. Yeah, I could probably get a good like four foot wide plank just for the tabletop. Have that thing solid oak. Oh my gosh, that would look amazing. Yeah, I forgot to. We actually had the a couple of the branches trimmed on the thing there. I almost wanted them to just leave it because the. Cause the the tree trimming guys are like, yeah, no, we'll just take all the, the wood with us. And I'm just going like, you know, I kind of would like you just to leave it there. You know, we can <laughs> chop it up, you know, keep it in the, the, the woodshed. Use it as firewood. Yeah. But now they took it all with them because I forgot to ask them just to leave it. Oh. Be like, be like, it's less work for you guys. You just leave it there. I'll chop it up. You know, everything will be fine. Don't worry. Yeah, except they, they probably also use it and sell it. Probably. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're actually probably gonna have to take down our fire pit because, uh, you know, snow. Yay, snow. Not yay, snow. Snow means I have to break out the, uh, the snow blower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to keep your, your driveway and sidewalk clear. Sidewalk clear. Yes. Driveway. No. You don't have to keep your driveway clear. No, uh, but you want to. Yes. I mean, you walk up and down your driveway. Yes. Well, all we really would need is just the path from the, the house to the garage. <clears throat> right. Cause you have a separated garage. Yes. We should probably talk about, like, things that are actually interesting to people. <laughs> Outside of my homeowner habits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where did I just shove the list of topics? That's not it. That's not it. There it is. So what would you like to talk about, Andy? What happened this week? Well, on uh, Thursday, Tesla had their announcement, so we can finally <gasps> settle this. We can this. put it to rest. Yay! Who owes who? I know who owes who dinner. Mm-hmm. I believe, my dear friend, the over-under was 350 Yep. And according to dear Mr. Doctor? Probably Doctor. He's probably got an point. honorary doctorate from somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Uh, Dr. Musk, uh, I have a dinner coming to me. God damn it. Everybody's like, oh yeah, no, it's 300 to 350. It, you know, it's, it's not going to be anything more than it. Not going to be anything more than that. And then he says 500 miles, 500 miles at full load. Son of a bitch. I knew they wouldn't be able to get away with it if it was only 300. Oh. 500 miles under full load. Uh, the pictures of this thing from the inside are awesome. 
Yes, it does not look like a semi-truck on the inside. No, it looks like a spaceship futuristic setup. Um, they did some really cool stuff. Like they took the, uh, the, the driver's seat and they moved it way far forward because there's no engine block and put it in the center so that you, you have room on either side of you as you're driving and you have a better view of the road as you're driving. They also put it, uh, lower in the inside so you can actually stand up in the cab. Nice. So you you can actually stand up and walk around inside the cab on there. Are there sleeping quarters in the cab? Uh, There are not in this version. He said, though, that it's pretty easy to do a sleeper cab because the the battery pack will allow it to. So you can actually extend the, the main cab back if you wanted to. But this model is not set up for that. Okay. This one is kind of the uh, the lone local driver sort of thing. Yeah, although I wonder how many lone local drivers are going to be able to afford this. Well, it's not the it's not the well by lone local driver. I mean the guy who you know is works for somebody and is a solo driver because there are some people who work and they have a driver and a co driver for the long distance hauls. Tandem driving. Yeah. Kind of like what we did for the the uh, CCST, where you know somebody would be driving, somebody would be sleeping. Yep. This no, is just you know, the, the guy like, who's single person. Yeah. Although there's a there's a jump seat, so if you mm-hmm. want to have a passenger, you can. Yeah, but jump seats are not very comfortable. No, but just I mean, look at the inside. That thing looks so spacious mm-hmm. and and so nice and holy crap! And the two computer screens is is a cute little touch. Well, yeah, because you know a lot of the stuff now with the the truckers is all about the numbers. Yep, a lot of automation and keeping track of the truck it probably also keeps track of like what's around you yes they can uh they have cameras set up for backing and that sort of thing they're blind spot cameras Mm -hmm. so they can pull those up on the monitors as well you know what i'm noticing it doesn't have what side view mirrors i think that's for the cameras it's you you see these little fins that stick out on the left and the right yeah no i get that but like I'd still feel more comfortable if they had a physical mirror that could, like, show them what's next to them. Well, I think that's what the fins are for and for the monitors. Yeah, but what if the... I, well, I guess if the power goes out, the truck's not moving anyway. <laughs> if the power goes out on the all-electric truck... <laughs> they aren't going anywhere. No. They don't really need to worry about it. Nope. But what if... Well, unless the power goes out while they're in motion... Ooh, that would be a problem. Right. I hope their uh, their horn isn't a powered horn, an electric-powered horn. Um, oh, oh, here we go. Uh, there were two semis, according to this article, in the in the hangar for the press to look at. One featured side-view mirrors while the other did not. Okay, there we go. So some have mirrors, some don't. And so they're, it looks like they're trying that out right now. I also love how the uh, driver's seat has multiple cup holders. <laughs> the single driver's seat. Has multiple cup holders. Well, I mean, you need your hot drink to stay warm. You need your cold caffeinated drink to stay awake. Mm-hmm. Totally need to. So do I get a new uh, Urbelli's card? I'll have to figure something out. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to start a collection of things. God damn it. Oh, yes. Now I got to find the next bet. So, yeah, the the other fun bit is the fact that even with 80,000 pounds, it will get up to 60 miles per hour in 20 seconds. By itself, good or not. By itself, it's zero to 60 time is faster than some supercars. You can go to zero to 60 by just the, the, just the, the, the tractor. Yeah. Zero to 60 in under three seconds. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's a... One, two, 60 miles an hour. Yeah. 
That's fast. That is fast, yes. What can other trucks do? Uh, most of the time, zero to 60 for other diesel trucks. Well, also, uh, you got to be doing a couple of shifts at that point as well. That's the other thing. There's no shifting in this. Oh, yeah. Most most semi-trucks have at least, I think, 18 gears. Holy crap. Because they, they have a lot of the low-torque gears in order, you know, to keep get the thing moving. And they have a couple of highway gears for fuel efficiency. So this makes it easier because you don't need to worry about shifting. Nope. Because it's just all electric and computers. Yep. This is just so crazy. So the question was also, you know, well, who the hell is going to buy these things? Uh, A couple companies have already placed pre-orders. Yep. Walmart has already pre-ordered 15. Oh, geez. For their, like, national distribution network? Yep. Five will be, uh, vehicles will be for Walmart US and 10 will be for the Canadian routes. And if they do well... If they do well, Walmart's current fleet is 6,000 trucks. Oh, my God. There's no way they could make 6,000 trucks in, like, any reasonable amount of time, right? Probably not. I mean, for goodness sakes, they can't even build the Model 3s right now. Right. Like, there's got to be... Damn. I love the the rest of the trucking industry and their responses to this. They're like, um, it's still early to say and new technologies don't always pan out. Just remember, diesel's still your friend. Well, uh, then they also had, like, we talked about this, like, you know, Dylan came out with, like, a little tiny electric truck. Uh, yep. Freightliner came out with an electric truck. Uh, yep. It's just, you know, they're, they're like, oh. The diesel industry has to be shitting their pants. Well, especially the other question that always came up with this thing there was the charge. It's like, okay, yeah, I can go 500 miles. But then I have to sit there for like a day and a half waiting for it to charge again. Well, he's planning on rolling out these things called, what are they, mega chargers? Something like that. Zero to 80% in half an hour? Yep. Half an hour. Which, you know, most of the time the truckers actually have rules about that. Like, you know, you have to take a break of X amount of time if you've been driving for, you know, X amount of hours. Yep. So, you know, it's already built into the rules saying that you must, you know, (laughs) be stationary for this amount of time. Then just charge up and you're good to go. Yeah. Crap, man. Just insane. Yeah. So the the question, we got to see what's going to happen with this because, you know. Oh, uh JB Hunt Transport Services also said they had placed an order for multiple <laughs> Tesla semis. Tesla has not revealed how much these things cost yet. No. Price per mile, according to Tesla, is $1.26 per mile to operate, and a standard they diesel are, truck is $1.51 per mile. They are guaranteed for 1 million miles. I wonder how many trucks actually reach a million miles. Well, a lot of the trucks are actually pretty old. So yeah, I, but I a can see it is a long time. Let's see, average. Uh, well, that's miles per gallon. Uh, the that is five hundred and ninety-five de- continuous days of driving at seventy miles an hour. <laughs> Uh, okay, so major fleets often purchase new trucks and replace them after three years, you know, trying to keep maintenance mm-hmm. costs down and reliability up. Um, estimates are that the average truck is used for about five or six years at 600,000 miles in long-haul service. Okay, and Tesla is guaranteeing their trucks for one million miles. Mm-hmm. So, put, I mean, if if you think about that, 
if it stays dependable for the million miles, it's actually got the value of at least two trucks. Yeah, the the typical mileage before complete overhaul of a truck is 700,000 to a million miles. So, all right. Yeah, the average diesel truck engine, here we go, generally comes with a two-year, 250,000-mile warranty. So they're looking at about 100,000 miles a year. Yeah, that's... um. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Man. Which that also wasn't the only announcement that evening. Oh, really? Yeah. What else did he talk about? Uh, he introduced the brand new Tesla Roadster. Okay. $200,000. Most likely going to be the fastest production car ever made. $200,000? Yeah. That's a very expensive car. Yes. Uh, zero to 60 in under two seconds, 1.9. Okay. Uh, one to 100 in 4.2 seconds. But you're not going to be able to do that. Like, nowhere in the U.S. can you actually do that. Who is this car for besides, like, really rich, ridiculous people out in California? I don't know. <laughs> I who, don't, who will drive their Tesla to a racetrack because that's what they want to do. He didn't say what the top speed was, but he said it was above 250 miles per hour, which in case you're wondering, the current record for fastest production car made is 277.9 miles per hour. Thank you. I, I don't think anyone asked, but thank you. The the kicker, though, is the range on this. Yeah. 620 miles. Not at 200 miles an hour. It's not. No, no. But, you know, regular driving 620 mile range. Yep. Well, if I were a multi-millionaire, I know what car I'd buy. Yep. Just imagine driving that from Madison to Ann Arbor. Without having to fill up. Yep. Shit, and how being far able to go you, around how, anyone you want. Yeah. How far could you get back before you had to refill? Uh, About halfway back. I'm just curious. All right, Madison to... Madison Ann to Ann Arbor is about 400 miles. Yeah, 400 miles. So, yeah. Ha- oh, you could get all the way freaking back to at least Kalamazoo, maybe even St. Joe. That's not bad at all. Nope. And if I went to Ann Arbor, I would just charge because I'm pretty sure there's a charging station in Ann Arbor. Yeah, there's got to be a charging station in Ann Arbor. That's just... I swear there's a charging station in Madison. Find a supercharger. Oh. I mean, it looks beautiful, of course, because it's a Tesla, and Tesla makes beautiful-looking cars. But really, like, who is this for? Uh, eight superchargers are available at the Ann Arbor Saline Road Mire. Cool. Musk wouldn't confirm the top speed. Hinted it was above 250. Yeah. What the hell? Which, you know, driving it that fast, it's not the uh, it's not the car that's the problem. It's the tires. Yeah. Rubber can't handle those speeds very well. Doesn't grip the road at that speed? Well, it starts to, because your tire flexes between, you know, when it's on the road, it compresses down. And when it's off the road on the upper, on the top half of the tire, it, you know, yeah. it's not compressed. So the oh, rubber, rubber can't is, deform that quickly. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, that's fantastic. Because um, there, that there was a Top Gear where uh, James May ran the Bugatti Veyron at the, literally, he, he set the world record for, you know, fastest production car driven, which, you know, lasted for about 30 minutes until the actual, like, Bugatti Veyron test driver drove it faster the other direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he was talking about all the things that happened to a car traveling that fast, and it's, <laughs> a lot of things will stop very quickly at those speeds. Yep, or not, as the case may be. Yeah. So yeah, so Tesla's news uh, happened. It's a lot of news for Tesla. Yeah, it was a good week. If you and just don't I look at the Model Three, just don't look at the Model Three, and everything's great. Yeah. Uh, no word on their solar panels. No word on the the 
house battery. What they the, call it, like the, the power, power cell. The power cell. Power wall. Mm. They called it the power wall. Yes. Yep. No word on any of that. They are claiming seven days continuous power de- during a power outage. But that's only if you have the solar roof, mm. which also no word about. Although it looks like you can place an order. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of driving. Yeah. Self-driving only lanes in Wisconsin? Yeah. So, you know how um, Foxconn yes. got the, the signed the contract with Wisconsin saying, yep, we're going to build a, a place over in uh, just south of Madison, uh, uh, south of Milwaukee? Yep. Well, that means that there's going to be a lot more people driving. Yes. Like up to thousands of people more driving. Yes. And so one of the things they were talking about was saying like, well, what about if when we expand the highway, we actually make a lane, a dedicated lane that is only for self-driving cars? Huh. Which has two advantages, really. One, it promotes the use of self-driving cars. Yes. Two, it provides a safe place for self-driving cars. I mm, don't know about that. No? Well, what's keeping other people from random? Because you, you see that all the time with the HOV lanes where people are using the HOV lanes even though they don't have, you know. Well, because a lot of times in those those HOV lanes, there's like a mannequin or a dummy in the second in the, the passenger seat. Yes. Right. Because that's that's how they fake out the cops. It's really hard to fake out that your car is a self-driving car. <laughs> that, is, that is true. <laughs> kind of dangerous to do that. Very true. Plus, you know, they only know that you know, certain cars are self-driving. Right. Hey, there's someone in the driver's seat over there. I think we're going to pull them over. It's a neat idea. I just don't know how practical it's going to be. I feel like there's going to be a lot of pushback against the self-driving car only lane. I think it'll go through because I think Foxconn wants it. And as we learned from the initial contract negotiation, whatever Foxconn wants, Foxconn is going to get. Yep. So it's an interesting thing. I I don't know how I feel about it. On the one hand, awesome. Self-driving cars. That's the wave of the future. That's where we should be headed. This is a great way to start that transition. On the other hand, self-driving cars should be able to, you know, handle the highway. Yeah, I uh, I do have to say, I, I, I wish that my next car would have self-driving capabilities. Well, your next car will almost certainly have like a level three set of capabilities. Depends on, you know, when I purchase it and that sort of thing there, because I, I actually right. just, uh, I'm doing the math because, you know, it's the end of the year. And so I'm keeping track of all my, uh, my driving for tax purposes for next year, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've almost done uh, 20,000 miles this year. Oof. All right, maybe not your next car, but the car after that. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, because on January 1st, I just went out to my car and turned it on and, you know, I looked at the mileage and I wrote it on the window, mm-hmm. on the windshield, just so, you know, I can keep track of it. And I'm looking at it going like, shh, Nikes, my like, you know, 260,000 mile oil change is coming up. And I started this year at 240 and I still that's, have, you know, that's a lot, a month and a half to go. Yep. So, you know, self-driving car for me, well, that would be great. That'd be really great. <laughs> so according to Tesla's website, after tax credits, deductions, and a reduction in the mortgage interest rate, uh, a solar roof would cost $50 a month. Yes, but right now, um, big oak tree for me. Yep. Oh, no, so that- this is specifically for my address. 
Oh yeah, no, my address. I've I've looked at it multiple calculators. Everybody goes, yeah, it's not a good idea. <laughs> you you need to take care of an oak tree first. I don't want to take care of an oak tree. It's a, the math for my address just doesn't work, man. I'm okay with that because I like this tree. Yeah, if I pay for it in cash, it <laughs> makes me eighteen thousand dollars over. <laughs> you want to guess how much it costs to do my roof in cash? Because that doesn't seem shady at all. What? Paying for a roof in cash. I mean, it just means that you're not, it's not you're paying it in actual cash. It's just that you're not financing it. True. Uh, I have no idea. $83,000. Okay. That's a lot of money for a roof. Or is it? I don't know. How much does a new roof cost? Uh... I actually have some paperwork here. Let's see. This was for because we had we had the shingles blow off our part of our roof. Um, so we looked at you know getting it replaced. So the two lower roofs in our house. Yeah. Total uh, price for replacing the shingles on those was four thousand seven hundred and ninety-five dollars. Okay. I could get Wait, you the square much? footage at some point, but I don't remember no, what it is off the top of just, my head. What, what was the price again? $4,795. Okay. That is significantly less than $80,000. Yes. Yes, it is. But your roof isn't passively generating power. No. No, it is not. It's all about the math, Dave. It is. Speaking of which... <sighs> yeah. Battlefield 2... Oh, that math. Yes. So I did not really pay attention to this story as it was happening. I kind of did because I was I was amused by it and curious about it. So I guess in the in the Battlefield 2 game, you get so they, here's here's the thing. They treated a console game like a mobile game. Oh, that's really the core issue. They treated a full priced console game. The same way that you would treat a free mobile game. <laughs> ah, sorry. So you earn credits by being in the game. Okay. Right? Yes. Like just Make- by, by being logged in and connected to the server and playing the game, you earn credits. And those credits can be used to purchase um, loot boxes or characters. Okay. Well, when, when the game came out, people were very upset because they paid... 60 to 80 dollars for the game and then found out that they couldn't play the characters that they had wanted to play because those characters were locked and you had to unlock them following so far yes so someone posted on reddit saying like what the hell why do i have to why do i have to like pay so much more extra to uh, to play these characters on a game that i already purchased and spent a lot of money on uh ea's team their their like community team replied and let me see if i can find the current count because it is i don't think it's in the article that you posted no it's not hold on let's see if i all right here we go found the uh current uh negative count on reddit yeah ne- uh negative 675,000 yeah so about 700,000 downvotes yes and and EA to be I, I feel bad for their community team, but to be fair, like they did not handle it well. Right? They put out this really lame corporate speak of, oh, we want people to feel a sense of accomplishment and there should be value in reaching these points. 
Which is funny because they're uh, they're saying that stuff and there and then the uh, you know EA chairman I, w- I didn't link this article but I saw it there talking about you know how loot crates are an uncapped uh, what was his quote it was some sort of like uncapped uh, income resource untapped probably no no he he literally called it uncapped uncapped as in like there's no maximum yeah live yeah. services plus subscriptions equals uncapped monetization yeah. So, you know, money. Yeah. Um, so that was that was poorly handled. Um, but other people started jumping onto this and recognizing, like, wait a minute. So how much does it cost or how long do we need to play? And it came out that you have to play something like 4,000 hours. No, no, no. Or spend, Four, yeah. 4,528 hours or spend $2,100 to unlock all of the content in the game. So a $60 game to unlock everything by purchasing, you have to do $2,000 or 4,500 hours. Yes. Yeah. If you're going for absolute everything, you'll need to open 3,111 loot crates. Requiring 250,000 crystals. Yep. So EA has gotten a little flack for this. And they have decided to, you know, mere hours. oh, Oh, hang on. It gets better. Oh, it gets better? It gets better. So EA says, okay, fine, you're right, it does cost a lot, it does take a long time, we're sorry. We're going to lower the requirements for purchasing. And they did. And they're like, look, isn't that better? We lowered the amount to it required to purchase. What they didn't tell people was not only did they require lower the requirements to purchase, they also lowered the amount that you make. Oh. So it would still take the same amount of time to do all the loot crates. Oh. Which just pissed people off more. Then, just two days ago, I think, might have just been yesterday, somewhere between yesterday and two days ago, EA came out and said, ah, we're really sorry, this was all a bad thing. Uh, we're just going to turn this off for now. For and now. Right. It, it literally said, for now, we've we've removed the ability to purchase the crystals. So I'm not sure what that even means in the game. Like, can you no longer unlock things? Oh, I think, or can you just not unlock them for money? I think you cannot unlock them for money. Which still does not solve the problem of, like, you have to play for 4,000 hours to unlock everything. Yeah. And now it's it's coming out. It is rumored that it wasn't EA's decision to turn that off. It was Disney's. So for EA's decision, what people are saying is, you know what, they're they're saying this just until the news quiets down to calm down investors. uh, And then they're going to turn it back on in a couple weeks and it'll be just as bad. But no one will care. But another group is saying, you know, this is actually um, this came down from a call with Disney And Disney is telling EA, hey, you need to take care of this because this is Disney's intellectual property. Yeah. And Disney cares about the image. Although, to be clear, Disney cares about their bottom line, same as every other company. So we need to, uh, I guess we need to stay on this. We can. But it's not not going to happen. to stay on right now. Like, we, we need to be aware as purchasers that this is happening and that EA did some really shady, stupid ass stuff. This is why you shouldn't pre-order games. Yeah, no, this is... uh, Don't pre-order your games anymore, guys. Nope. Don't do it. Wouldn't be worth it. It's not worth it. The company just takes your money and runs. Oh, oh, yeah, forgot this part. Speaking of taking your money and running. So EA had a, a refund button on their website for the game. Okay. For people who had purchased it and wanted refunds. 
after this happened, they took down the refund button. Oh, really? You could still get a refund, but you couldn't just click the button and fill in the, the like, why do you want a refund? Okay, here you go. It was actually like you had to call EA customer service. That's, oh, that's just wrong. Yeah. That's just, ah. Yeah. yeah, So do you want to move on from this one? I can talk about some other corporate news. Um, You know what? Hang on. I want to see if I can find the original. Yeah, here we go. Uh, No, it's too long to read. I'm going to post a topic that's not really a topic. Uh, It is Electronic Arts Original Mission Statement. And I, I think it's worth reading through just to see what has happened. We are an association of electronic artists who share a common goal. We want to fulfill the potential of personal computing. So take some time and read through that. Not obviously right now, but in the future, take some time, read through that. Okay. All right. So other corporate news. Yes. Um, So remember how uh, VinVindy kept on buying shares of Ubisoft? Yeah. And they're like, you know, we're not going to try and take over. We're not going to try and take over. We're not going to try and take over. Uh, Well, now they've said... We are still buying more and more of your shares. Yeah. At last count, Vivendi owned nearly 27% of Ubisoft's shares. So if they ever pass 30%, they have to make an acquisition offer. Yeah. Um, Next week, Vivendi will be granted double voting rights on some of Ubisoft's shares, which has been expected to push the company ownership above the 30% threshold. So now Vivendi says, you know, we're not going to try and acquire them for the next six months. <laughs> the long con, because no one saw that coming. Uh, so, yeah, they said uh, we will ensure that the interest of Ubisoft will not exceed the threshold 30 percent through the double voting, uh, a double of its voting rights. It has no intention of trying to acquire control of Ubisoft within the next six months. Uh, they will also not look to place any of its own representatives on the Ubisoft board of directors, but they just said just for the next six months. Yep. So they, they, they still want to, you know, they still want to, uh, grow in the gaming area, but not right now. Yes, but not now. Yes. But I like how they said like, you know, never, never, never. Now it's like, you know, for the next six months, never. there, There may have been legal reasons why they said six months. Yeah. Like, let's be honest, we we are not corporate lawyers. We don't know stock and takeover well, especially policies. Especially since this is, you know, French law. French law. law. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you, I am not an expert in French law. <laughs> right. Because both companies are French companies. Yes. So, you know, neither of us are in a place to really make comment on this. But it's still silly that, you know... Ubisoft yes. for the longest time has said, you know, we're keeping an eye on you. We're keeping an eye on you. Who does Vivendi have right now? Because it's Vivendi Universal, right? Uh, I think so. Because they lost Activision. Yes. So now they want Ubisoft? God, if you look at the article for acquisitions, mergers, and divestments from Ubisoft, that is a long list. Yeah. Uh, Universal Music is what they have. They are Canal Plus, Vivendi Village, New Initiatives. Game Loft, they have. They own a stake in Daily Motion. I don't know who that is. Daily Motion is a video sharing. Okay. Like, should I know who that is? It's it's like a it's like a YouTube. Like a YouTube. Okay. It is YouTube-ish. Yes. Or YouTube-esque. Mm-hmm. So we got to update uh, 
our GameStop news. GameStop was doing this subscription-based free-play thing. Yes. Um, the, the update was that it was supposed to go national on November 19th. But something happened, and GameStop has sent out a message to all of its employees saying, take down the promotional material, store it in the back room. If somebody comes in who's already gotten the Power Pass program, you know, they are allowed to uh, get one title for free, but then you have to cancel their subscription thing. Like give them a, a game for free? Yes. A used game? Yes, a used game for free. Weird. What do you so think they, happened? I don't know what happened, but they... Speculation uh, time! Uh, mo- most people are thinking is the fact that some of the GameStop computer systems are too antiquated to handle the new stuff. I think someone in in upper management got wind of it and said, wait a second, something doesn't seem to add up here. Let's hold on to this. We need to run more numbers. Oh, they also get a full refund uh, as well as allow them to pick out any pre-owned game for free. Oh, nice. So those of you who are lucky enough to uh, jump on the bandwagon early, it's not bad. Yep. Yeah, they have said, uh, we elected to temporarily pause the rollout of the new PowerPass subscription service based on a few program limitations we have identified. Right. And it's pausing the rollout is the thing. So, like, they aren't saying we are canceling this, we're not canning it, but it is getting paused Mm -hmm. with no end date. It's too bad. I was actually thinking of going to GameStop tomorrow and signing up. Well, hold on. Hold on. Don't do that just yet. Don't. Yeah. If you go there now, they're just going to look at you weird. I mean, they'll probably know what it is and have been informed about it. They they had to have been informed about it by now, right? Like, if they were expecting yes. people to come in tomorrow, that sort of thing requires training. Yes, yes, it does. Sorry, I got distracted. A puppy came in and sat next to me. Uh, what do we want to talk about next? We've got plenty of other topics. WoW Classic. What's up with WoW Classic now? Well, here's the thing. You played vanilla. Yes. You you actually enjoyed playing vanilla. I did. What does playing vanilla WoW mean to you? I don't know. So, like, when you played, hunters had ammo. Yes. They don't now. No. So, in WoW Classic, should hunters have ammo? I think so. Because that's how it was back in vanilla, right? Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I would they, want the, the same exact experience that I had. You know, I would want to change it for a reason. Like there were certain things that were just broken. Yeah, the uh, the Hunter Legendary Quest series that was held out in, you know, the regular open world. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was kind of annoying when you're trying to kill this legendary creature, which you have to do by yourself. It is literally not allowed for anybody else to do any damage to it if it does. The the character despawns for two hours. Yep. Oh, the days spent trolling hunters by just watching them for the fight and then just like hitting it with a spell. Yeah, those guys were dicks. Yep. I I'm sorry. What I I wasn't paying attention. Um. Oh, were you were you shooting that? I'm sorry. Oh, you need that for a quest. Oh man. Yeah, a quest to get your legendary bow or I'm, gun. I'm so sorry, dude. I didn't I didn't know. Yeah. Um, so essentially there's, there's a very heated discussion of what it means to play classic WoW, because it turns out Blizzard announced this of like, Hey, we're going to do this thing. Um, they don't actually know what this thing is that they're going to do. They're actually not sure about like what it will be, what it'll look like. They're just saying we need to do this, which is good for them. Like grats. Glad you came to that realization and conclusion. Uh, in fact, the um, the gentleman who runs 
some of the legacy servers, the private, you know, not run by Blizzard legacy servers, has said that once WoW Classic comes out, he's shutting down. That he he wants people to go back to Blizzard, and he wants to go back to Blizzard. He wants mm-hmm. that experience. But, like, some of the classes weren't viable. They weren't balanced. Yeah, no, the Hunter literally basically had one progressive tree. Yep. Yes, there were other options there, but nobody... No one you know, used them. No one used them. It was dumb if you, you know, had your guy specced certain ways. There, there were some classes where you only had one option. Mm-hmm. So there's a big discussion of where is that balance? Do you literally load the code from back when it was just wow? Yeah, do you do you load just the day one code and just ha- tell them to have at it? Or Well, hopefully not the day one code. No, because that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> yeah. What was the last uh, update before Burning Crusade? 1.16, I want to say. Next Ramus. Whatever Next Ramus was, was the last pre-Burning Crusade content update. Uh, 1.12. Oh, I was close. Next Ramus was 1.11. So maybe, you know, 1.12 oh. was probably right before. 1.12 was probably the prep for the upgrade. Yeah, cross-realm battlegrounds, major mount changes. Oh. Getting ready for flying mounts. Yeah, weather effects was 1.10. That was a good one. I liked that one. When it could rain somewhere? Yeah. Where you just, you know, you're out there, you know, just farming stuff there, you know, and it just starts to rain. You're like, oh, look at that. Yeah. It's raining. I I just remember uh, 1.4, which is where they fixed the the paladin ret bug there was a, a an ability that paladins had called retribution okay uh which could stack and every time it stacked it was it gave you an extra attack on your next attack oh geez right so the idea is the more you get hit the the this builds up and so what someone realized was the idea is the normal idea is every time you get hit you have a chance to get an extra hit on your next attack what Blizzard failed to do was cap it, so it stacked. And so if you dueled someone and just healed yourself through it, and did they, they didn't kill you because you were friendly. They just didn't kill you, didn't kill you, didn't kill you. Just heal through it, heal through it. You could eventually stack Retribution so that your next attack is an instant thousands of hits. And so they would, they would duel outside of, like, a world boss. You remember the one big demon who was stomping around, like, the Blasted Lands? Mm-hmm. He was the world boss. He was supposed to be a 40-man raid outside. He was soloed by a paladin. Oh, jeez. Because a paladin dueled a rogue, and the rogue like just went through a bunch of weapons, breaking them against the paladin. And then the paladin turns around, ran into the guy, and hit him. You, you could say it was a one shot, but it was really like a several thousand shot. Yeah. So they, they turned that off. They That was actually one of the first hot fixes <laughs> where they're like, uh, we're not waiting for Tuesday. We're fixing this right now. That's funny. I just remember patch 1.3. Yeah. That was the uh that was where the ammo and quiver bonuses were stacking. Ah. So hunters had like super fast speeds. Yes. So what do you do about zones that like didn't have quests? I don't know. It's, you know, it's it's the question of can you bottle your childhood almost? Yep. You know, is 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 vanilla, you know, wow, just, you know, the the fact of, you know, going back there or is it just, you know, people trying to bring back the feeling they had or bring back their childhood that they had while playing? Oh my god, it is like people's childhood for some people. Mhm. It was that was 14 years ago. Mhm. Well, 13 years ago. Oh my god. Where is all that time gone, Andy? Keeps on going forward into the future. Where will you be in 13 more years?
Shit, I don't know. <laughs> Raising a teenager? Yep. Good luck. Uh, Nintendo. Okay. Is printing money again. Good. Like, they needed to do that. Hardcore printing money again. Forecast sales up to 14 million Switch units? Uh, it's actually more than that now already. Because the Switch launched before the fiscal year in Japan. Oh. So if you look at the update, they say they, they have sold 16.75 million consoles. Jeez. The Wii U sold 13.5 million since release. I don't. I don't want to look at the Wii numbers because I know those are. You know, they're high. They're really high. Uh, holy cow! The Wii numbers. Yeah. Lifetime units sold of the Wii. Yeah. One hundred and one point six three million. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll have to see what happens this Thanksgiving. So you know, next week with the Switch, it's going to be a hot item on Black Friday. What are there? Are there any Black Friday sales for the for the Switch? Yeah. Hold Probably on. like Best Buy. Nothing direct, I'm sure. No, those are just the video game ones. Yeah, so I'm always looking at, you know, TVs versus that sort of stuff there. Yep. There's some pretty good TV sales, but all of them are set up to be in-store only. Oh, no. And I'm just like, nope, not going to do that. Not not going to go in at like 7 o'clock on Thursday evening? Nope. Sorry, but no. Get yourself some really sweet electronics deals? Nope, not going to do it. I'm sorry, but, you know, Black Friday should be a Friday, not a Thursday. Okay. Which, granted, you know, if you look at it, did you, did you see that, that Singles Day? Nope. Singles Day is actually the largest shopping day in the world now. Really? Yeah. What is Singles Day? Singles Day. Uh, November 11th. When? November 11th. Isn't that Veterans Day? Chinese Singles Day. Ah, that's why I've never heard of it. Yes. Okay. That's right. Biggest shopping day in the world because it's in China. Yes. I see. I gotcha. Alibaba set a world record for payment transactions during Singles Day, processing 256,000 payment transactions per second. Damn! A total of 1.48 billion transactions were processed by Alipay, the, you know, Alibaba PayPal thing. Yep. In the entire 24 hours, which with delivery orders reaching close to 700 million. So yeah, Singles Day. It's the holiday you never heard of that is, you know, a bigger shopping day than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kate, actually, uh, think he had a sale for Singles Day and we got ourselves that uh, that Shark Bowl. The Shark Bowl? The Shark Bowl, where, you know, it's the, the shark mouth coming out there and the bowl is the shark's mouth. Ah, uh. I, I can picture that, and now I can see it because I looked it up. Okay. That's oh, adorable. I know. The shark you're eating out of the shark's mouth. Yep. Okay. Uh, what other news do we have here? Because we're starting to get towards the end. Uh, Toshiba is leaving the TV market. They sold the TV production to Hisense. Toshiba is likely making the sale to recoup from massive losses to its nuclear business. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a scary thing. Um, Kickstarter is trying to combat against Patreon. Yep. By creating drip. I think Patreon is fairly well entrenched. Yes. Yes. I, I, I think so as well. It's going to be hard to knock that out. And, uh, God, I wish we could have spent more time with, but oh my God, the FCC voted on everything and it wasn't good. They didn't vote on net neutrality yet. No, that's that supposed is, to be next month. That is next month. Net neutrality is next month. But this month... 
a whole bunch of other really not good stuff. There was one good one. They're blocking robocalls, so they voted uh, uh, for that. Two good ones. They're they're also adapting the 4K transmission standard. Yes and no. Yes and no. Because ATSC 3.0 uh, has got some privacy concerns attached to it. Oh, oh. Because um, it will improve picture quality on mobile phones, tablets, and televisions, but also raises significant privacy concerns by giving advertisers dramatically more data about viewing habits. Oh. Which the FCC said, you know, look, we're just looking at this on its technological merits, not on its privacy merits. We'll deal with that later. But no, that's too late. Sinclair Broadcast Group, which, you know, also got a bonus on another vote, uh, said the new standard was the holy grail for advertisers because it tells them who is watching and where. That's not good. Yeah. Current televisions cannot carry the new signal, and the FCC on Thursday said it was only requiring broadcasters to broadcast both signals for five years after deploying the next generation technology, and then they're cutting it off. So in five years, there's going to be a whole lot of uh, digital TV transition stuff all over again. Yay! So yeah, even the the new television standard had a problem. But yeah, so they they voted on uh, expanding the, the spectrum available to people above 24 gigahertz. They voted on eliminating a requirement for utility poles in historic areas. So uh, you can, uh, if you take a pole down in a historic area, you can replace it now with an identical pole, but uh, it's a non-identical pole that can support more uh, antennas and other wireless communications equipment. Cool. But then everything else was just bad. Every, yeah. Oh, they voted no. to cap Lifeline, which is the uh, subsidies for low-income houses for internet usage and cell phone usage. Uh, they voted uh, to br- cut down on broadcast ownership rules so uh, less people can own more TVs and radio stations and newspapers per market than they used to. Uh, they also uh, voted to cut out some of the discontinuance processes for equipment. So uh, AT&T, you know, if they were going to upgrade their system from, you know, copper telephone lines in an area to something else, they had to go through this whole testing process and say, like, yes, the new stuff is as good or better for service than the old equipment. And now they don't need to. Well, the test is still there, just the process of initiating the test got changed. So they, AT&T can just say, you know, that, oh yeah, no, we provide mobile service in that area. So that should be, you know, as good or better. And they don't actually have to go through the actual test anymore. So, you know, Verizon's word is good enough for the FCC now. Yep. Ah... <sighs> I love that they they couch the Lifeline thing as a way of uh, bridging the digital divide for Lifeline subscribers and reducing waste, fraud, and abuse in the Lifeline program. It, yeah, I mean, if you eliminate the program that does reduce fraud, waste, and abuse. Yep. Son of a bird. They're, they're saying that they want to give the states more uh, a- uh, rights and access and control over the Lifeline program because, you know, the state government's really going to, you know, want to spend money yeah. to subsidize low-income. Because, uh, you know, states usage. with high low-income people have all the money. Yes. yes that's that's how it works, right? So, yeah, it, w- it, was, uh, it was an interesting FCC meeting. And, yeah, no, the next meeting's not going to be any better because that's when the net neutrality vote is going to happen. <laughs> So yeah, this is the uh, this is bad news, and it's only going to get worse. So on that happy note, should we go? Uh, should we hit the uh, randoms? Yes. It is your random review, review, Dave. Yes. 
I am going to review an app called Calci IV. A calculator app of some kind, I'm guessing? It, it does calculate things. What it calculates is the IV. IV being the, uh, I believe it stands for internal values or perhaps independent values. Uh, They are the stats that make Pokemon different in Pokemon Go. So in Pokemon Go, and technically in Pokemon as well, when you catch a Pokemon, all of the same kind of Pokemon have the same base stats. A Pidgey is a Pidgey is a Pidgey is a Pidgey. Okay. But then they have these additional three stats, a bonus to their, their base stat. So there's a bonus to attack, a bonus to defense, and a bonus to HP. So a Pidgey is not a Pidgey is not a Pidgey. Right. Every Pidgey is is actually independent. And those bonuses range from 0 to 15 in all three. Okay. So this app will, will help you identify what those bonuses are so that when you have 400 Pidgeys, you can go through and say, this one, this is the best one. This Pidgey is better than all of my other Pidgeys. Hmm. And you're not able to do that now? Or does this just automate the process? Uh, well, all of the, the stats are hidden. Oh, so somehow so this is able there's to... There's no way in the base game to look at it and say, just by looking at it, aha, this Pidgey has a high attack. Well, how does this what you, app... Well, so what you get is this, this overall... Uh, score called the CP, which no one knows what it stands for. It might be combat points. Um, And the the CP is determined by these stats, but in a weird way. So what this app does is it actually takes a screenshot of your game. You just click a little button and it takes a screenshot of the game. And then based on that screenshot and the stats in the screenshot, it then displays and it says, ah, here's what they are. Hmm. It is fantastic. It is wonderful. It is very well developed. It doesn't violate any terms of service. Uh, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> it doesn't use the data connection because it, well, it uses a little, but it doesn't like try to hijack the Pokemon Go data connection. Some other ones, you actually provide it with your, your login information to Pokemon Go, and it logs Ooh. in as you and Ooh. then like scans the data that's coming in. Uh, that's bad. Yeah, that's that's scary. This one just takes pictures. Hmm. So it's really, really nice. The downside, the only major downside, it crushes your battery. I mean, like, it squeezes your battery into a pulp. If you don't have, a, a like, if you have an old phone charger and you have this app running and Pokemon Go running, which you have to, like, you can't run this app without also running Pokemon Go, uh, your battery will probably continue to drain. Oh, so this is kind of like... Uh... Was it one of the cross-country trips where, like, Spooks had, you know, the GPS and something else running on his phone, and the the charger on his phone could not keep up with it? Right. Same idea. Okay. So, it's fantastic. Like, it's really good. It's just the battery is terrible. But this really helps you with the game. Oh, my God. It's so nice to be able to... Because, like, right now, if I load up Pokemon Go, which will take a couple seconds, I'll go... And I'll tell you how many I have right now in my box. I think I have forgotten to turn off the sound. (laughs) Wait for it. Wait for it. Now, there is an in-game way of getting a general sense for how good the thing is, because there's an in-game appraisal. 
but even that's not really great or specific. I have 436 Pokemon. Oh, jeez. Because I haven't gone through and cleared out all the garbage that I've got. And so I need to go through and do that. And the best way to identify the garbage, no offense, since they're supposed to be little animals, is to get rid of the bad ones. And and I'm sorry, to get rid of the garbage, get rid of the bad ones. Right. To get rid of the bad ones, you identify which ones are the bad ones. And Calci IV does that very easily. You click a button, it shows up, you swipe, you click a button, it shows up, you swipe, and that's basically it. So well, that's nice. if you play Pokemon Go on an Android, because it is Android only, uh, you really want to check out Calci IV. But make sure you got a battery backup. Yep. And don't provide it your login information. No. Just use it offline. It is not worth putting in your account. Okay. All right. Yep, got it. Cool. So, random topic? Yeah. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Yeah. Explain why an express company means either a financial company, e.g. American Express, or a delivery company, e.g. Federal Express. Or a clothing company? You mean the, the clothing company, Express? Yeah. I, well, there's only just the one company that's called Express. Well, I mean, they have like little subsidiaries. There's like Express Men. I expect there's an Express Women, but it, it just said named Express. Are those the only two, FedEx and Amex? I'm trying to think of anything else that's, you know, labeled Express. Panda Express. Panda Express, food. Yes. Turns out there is no longer a Panda Express in Kalamazoo. Okay. That is not the, the most terrible loss in the world. Well, uh, T Mobile Tuesday for the app had a free panda express bowl on tuesday ah and so i was near campus for that i was near campus and i thought hey you know it'll be great for a free lunch because i got a meeting on campus i'll go to the meeting and then once the meeting's done i'll hit the panda express next to campus free for lunch and i drive over there and there's no panda express over there anymore no and i was like oh i did not expect that so uh i feel like it all has to be about time you know because the the amex processing time you know is quick delivery company time is but is that why they picked it i mean federal express yeah because they they wanted to were express delivery amex i well it probably was from before credit cards so maybe it was transaction time that it was get your money fast American american express was started as an express mail business in buffalo new york Aha! Uh-huh. So, so it that had wasn't to do a financial delivery. company at all. It was it was a delivery company. Yeah. I wonder if it was actually a competitor to Federal Express. I don't know, but it was founded as a joint stock corporation by the merger of Express companies owned by Henry Wells and William Fargo. Huh? Hey, look at that, Wells Fargo. That those names sound familiar. Yeah. So, so Amex they get... was founded by the same people as Wells Fargo? Yeah, that's what it seems. Oh, because Amex started out as a money order business as well. Ah. So yeah, that American Express has nothing to do with financial in the name. It's, it was literally Express Mail, just like Federal Express. So that, that this random topic has just kind of blown up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Hans. This one is it, doa it, yeah well because it's there's other things named express yep and it, it wasn't originally a financial institution it was no, a delivery it was, company it was a delivery company so i think it all has to do with with fast although express the clothing company i feel like that's supposed to be express yourself that's what i'm thinking that's what I'm okay thinking. yeah the odd one out was american express and now that we know it used to be a delivery company that makes sense yeah looking at all of the uh, uh express the mail express 
all the brands are transportation, computing, it's all about speed, media, it looks like all of these are about, um, you know, expressing yourself, an alternative newspaper, daily tabloid newspaper, you know, this is, this is all about speed. Yeah. Speed, and then the other stuff is all about express yourself, so I, I don't know where else to go with that. I don't think there is anywhere else to go, I think that's it. Taking the express train to the end of the podcast. All right, bye everyone. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>